Hello and welcome back to BizPod. On today's episode, we are talking with a good friend of ours, Denny Colley. We recorded this interview on the 12th of November 2020. We've known Denny Colley for quite a while and he's been quite an inspiration and a great creative fellow to work on the site. Throughout this episode, we refer to Queen Margaret University as QMU. Enjoy! How's things been faring you at Queen Margaret recently? Uh, it's it's been a, a strange old time, as you can imagine. Mm. Uh, we've moved to sort of blended learning, so uh, nearly everything I'm doing is is online now. Um, but I quite, in some ways, I quite like that. The online seminars I find quite productive. The you might remember a standard seminar would be 30 people in a seminar room. And yeah. now they, I have 12 people in a, a Zoom call. Mm. And somehow it's easier to have a conversation. It's easier to get everybody involved. You can split them into breakout rooms and so on. So, yeah, I, I actually find it quite positive. Feedback from students is, is, is good. Uh, some would still prefer to be on campus, but uh, the majority are are okay with the, the online learning. Yeah, I imagine it's quite nice. Like I, I know sometimes you get some seminars and lectures, and people are kind of sitting back; they're a little bit scared to put their voice out there. So I imagine having the smaller groups, it's uh, a little bit easier for some folk. Well, it, as you know, and like a seminar room that holds thirty people, some students will just kind of lurk at the back mm. and um, try and avoid eye contact with the lecturer. <laughs> I can't really do that in a Zoom call. Mm. <laughs> and um, mm. But it's much easier for me to, you know, if I've got 12 people, then I can split them into four groups of three and breakout rooms. And then I, I join different groups to see how they're getting on. So everybody kind of gets involved. So I think that's even after you know, things settle down, hopefully, and we go back to something approaching nor- normality. I think there'll still be a place for that kind of uh, online learning. Ah. I mean, obviously, mm. our university isn't the open university, and it never will be. That's a totally different thing. Um, but uh, some of the experience we've had with online learning has made us think, ah, Maybe there are certain modules and certain things that we can do uh, that we should keep doing online. Oh, fantastic yeah. stuff. And what, what sort of stuff have you been teaching recently, if I may ask? Uh, well, still very much on the entrepreneurship front. Um, still teaching uh, a module I think you both did, uh, Creative Entrepreneurship. Uh, this semester I'm teaching drama students next semester it's film and media Mm. and theatre and film and I'm also doing a separate class called creative enterprise in the performing arts sounds rather grand (laughs) (laughs) that's with um this semester it's with costume design students okay really interesting um most of them are going to freelance going to become freelancers within the costume world that's kind of the way that works so being entrepreneurial is actually 
quite crucial for them. Mm. But before doing this module, it would never have occurred to them to call themselves an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that, that is an ongoing issue, I think, in society that people don't recognize that they might well be entrepreneurial. Mm. Um, I mean, I know you two did early on, you were always entrepreneurial. <laughs> you had ideas and you had the ambition to make them and the drive to make them happen. But lots of people do have some of that, but they wouldn't call themselves an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what you I think yourselves in terms of the representation of entrepreneurs on television, say. What's your thoughts on that? I think even just entrepreneurship within the arts sort of feels a little counterintuitive at times because there is sort of these ideas of art for art's sake rather than, yeah. you know, I am a creative who can make things as a business. Um, you know, that, that the creative output can be the business rather than just expression. And, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, and even sometimes those can line up that you can do a piece of work that's incredibly expressive. So I think us going into something like film and media or even started with theatre and film, you might not think, oh, yes, entrepreneurship. <laughs> but of course, I mean, as we've learned from you, it, it, it is vital in terms of those step afterwards. And that's so much of what QMU is about is how do you then get the jobs? How do you then keep uh, doing that creative yeah. art that you love in a sustainable way? Yeah, and I think it's... It isn't helped by sort of representation on television. It's a thing I always have to deal with in the first lecture or two uh, with drama students mm. or costume students. Uh, as, you, as you say, Louise, it's just um, their idea of it is that's not me. You know, that's not what art is about. Um, because on television, what do we have? We have Dragon's Den, The Apprentice, um, and they, yes, they're entrepreneurs, but they're a particular type of business entrepreneur. Mm. And I think some of what you see on, say, the Dragon's Den, it's quite off-putting, uh, perhaps, to people from the, the creative sector who think, well, I'm not like that. That's not me. Um, so I, I always have to have, a, have to overcome that, that sense that they have that a Entrepreneurship is something that Alan Sugar does, or, uh, Deborah Meaden, um, and it's not it's not for me. Um, I think we could do with a wider selection of entrepreneurs mm. on television. Um, I'd like to see more female entrepreneurs. Um, the yes, there's, there's a couple in the Dragon's Den, but I think there's a lot more uh, going on. Lots of the women's enterprise networks and uh, some great work going on, but we don't hear about it enough. Mm. So, yeah, um, maybe that's yeah. something you could explore in, in a later podcast with female entrepreneurs. Well, even even some of the people that we've had on, the original interest has, has sort of been overwhelmingly men, which which is fine, you know, and some of the people that we've talked to have had really interesting particular sort of veins that they've explored or, or whatever um but we made a, a conscious effort of okay we want to talk to 
women entrepreneurs you know this is something we we actively want yeah. to hear that voice um and though we had to look a little harder to find those guests we've actually there's loads there's loads of women who are really happy to talk to us so for me that's really exciting um but but yeah it was a it was a oh we've we've got to put that effort in because it isn't there naturally and that i mean that's just problematic at at best yeah yeah well as i say uh, television representation isn't as helpful as it could be in that respect. Um, the, the other thing with creative sector students of drama, film, whatever, is that I try and get across to them that actually studying their degree requires them to be on enterprising mm. and, and eventually entrepreneurial. And as you know, lots of our students have put on some kind of production at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. And you cannot be more entrepreneurial than doing that. Mm. If you think about it, you know, you're taking a risk. Uh, you've got to be opportunistic. You've got to be self-promoting. You've got to be focused. You've got to be organized. All those things which are key characteristics of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, and I love that idea of just entrepreneuring being separate from the um, you know, having a business or doing self-employment because, you know, even if like if you get in there at, like particular companies, if you're like the the accounts or um, not accounts, but um, this part of the sales team that going out meeting possible clients, yeah, being part of a company, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit is still there in many ways. Yeah, absolutely, Anton. The, and in some ways, I mean, there's a term for that is that intrapreneur, isn't it? Mm. Someone. <laughs> It's a horrible term. <laughs> uh, uh, someone who's entrepreneurial within another organisation. And you're right, a salesperson is very much a, a person who's out there being customer-focused, organised, definitely opportunistic. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and if you don't mind me asking, how did you kind of get into all the kind of entrepreneurial stuff and kind of businesses you've you've had a couple businesses in the past and as well if i'm correct yeah yeah um i started off my career in local government um in the education department mm. um, then the i was involved in running a project on behalf of um, the government uh, as part of my job and it seemed to me that we could do more with it, but the education department didn't want to do more with it. It was about a gathering and collecting information about education and training. And I just thought, you know, we, there's, there's an opportunity here to do more. But when I made a proposal, still thinking of keeping it within the, the department, they sort of said, no, that's, we don't want to grow it that big. Um, but, and then a sort of mentor said to me within the department, well, why don't you do it? Um, so I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went about uh, taking that bit of work out of the department with their agreement, and I grew the business from there. And it became a, thing, a company called DCA, Denny Colley Associates. Uh, oh. <laughs> I love the name. How self-promoting. <laughs> uh, 
I soon gave that up and it just called it DCA Data Solutions. And I managed to pick up contracts with, um, at that time it was Department for Education and Skills in England, with the Scottish Government, with the Northern Ireland Government, all doing the same kind of thing, which was gathering information about education and training opportunities and making it more widely available. And it, that was very successful for about uh, 20 years. But alongside that, um, realizing that I could do some of these things, I, um, with some family members, set up uh, an e-greetings card website called Sky Blue Cards. Mm. Uh, working with artists, a lot of my family are you know, went to art school. Uh, so we were, we were producing these lovely uh, greeting cards on a subscription basis. And uh, that was quite successful for a wee while, but then that market totally changed. Um, mm. It became something that was, um, it was almost done by companies in Korea, China, in a, in a very kind of, uh, robotic fashion mm. they it was you know one design would be used throughout the world um and replicated in a way that we couldn't do so i actually drew out of that uh, sphere we then moved on to set up uh, a private art school called highwood art school and uh, here's an important point not every enterprise you try works Mm. The, the art school, people who came along loved it and it was good, fantastic feedback, but we couldn't get enough people to make it viable. So after two years, we had to stop it. And I think that is important that people should realise you do take a bit of a risk if you're going to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't always work. But what do you do? You just bounce on and do something else. Yeah. And I yeah. think uh, you would agree with me, Louise, when I say like whenever we've had uh, guests on the, the show that have had a, a couple of businesses under their belts, you know, they, they may have that one company they're on right now and it's looking fantastic. But there's been a couple of companies that have led to that kind of um, yep. product yep. or company they're on the now where it's all about that learning experience. Absolutely. And um, I, I think as long as you you don't see it as total failure as long mm. as you see it as okay as you say anton a learning experience okay what went wrong with that and for us with that art school it was location we were just too far out of town um so you know we think we've got to do that again i'll you know i'll find a different location yeah but we moved on to other things uh, dca was still going on and the, eventually, through that, I used to take students from QMU on placement oh. with my company because we had oh. about 28 staff. And then some of them ended up working for me after they graduated. And from that, I was asked to come along and be a, a guest lecturer, a visiting lecturer. And after a while, I was asked to do a bit more, working with Mark Gillum, you might remember. Indeed. Um, mm. And eventually saying, do you know, we we want to do something with entrepreneurship 
in the creative sector. QMU had, has its business school and of course entrepreneurship is part of that. Uh, but people like Richard Butt, who's now the deputy principal, is very keen on seeing whether we could have a, a strand of entrepreneurship and enterprise development within QMU's media communication performing arts degrees. So I thought, yeah, I could maybe do that. And DCA, they eventually closed down because we were hit by the big financial crash in 2009. Mm -hmm. All of my contracts were public sector and within months they were being cut, reduced, or we were told this is going to close down. So I eased my way out of that. Didn't have to make anyone redundant. I managed to find staff other options. Some continued to work with me as freelancers and I just kind of gently let the business go. Mm. And because I saw another opportunity at the university. Yeah. Wow. So to take that experience and turn it into something that I could help to teach. That That's kind of uh, incredible. And how, how have you, you found uh, teaching kind of entrepreneurship? Because obviously, you know, there's people that will go off and they'll spend four or five years getting a dedicated business degree but it's kind of unique you know right for a lot of people that you're teaching you know their, their art and their craft are still the main thing and it's kind of about enabling them to do more greater things yeah you're right it, it, enabling is a good word um if you think about the costume design students they need to freelance that's that's the way that this works so getting them to think of being entrepreneurial and plugging them into things like business gateway support and advice, getting them to be less frightened of the finances, you know, mm. doing your, mm. uh, <laughs> your accounts. Um, even simple things like, you know, if, if you're terrified of finance and accounts, well, use a bookkeeper. Maybe eventually if you're big enough, you might use a, an accountant, but here's, Here's how you can do it. Here's how you can do a cash flow forecast. Uh, here's how you do your income expenditure for the year. I'm just trying to demystify that. I mean, uh, how how do you guys handle your finances? Is that is it one or one or both of you, or do you bring in somebody? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I think um, you would agree, Louise. It's very much all hands on decks. Uh, two minds <laughs> against the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, the, yeah, the, we, neither of us are super great with letters or forms, so it does sort of take both of us to double check, <laughs> make it sure. Um, but yeah, we, we, we are currently looking into getting a bookkeeper because it's like, right, we don't necessarily have all of these skills yet, but we know that this is something that's really important and that needs to be done. So it's right, you know, bring on that skill and that energy that we need so that we can focus then on doing the actual work. Absolutely. And it's one of the things I do say to the students. I mean, there are lots of good bookkeepers out there. They don't charge a lot compared to an accountant. But as your business grows, if it grows to a good enough size, then you probably would bring on an accountant as well. But accountants work with bookkeepers. And they quite like businesses who've used bookkeepers to keep everything nice and tidy uh, so that when you come to do your annual year accounts, it's so much easier for the accountant and it costs you less 
of their time. So mm. getting those things across to creative sector students, I think is quite important. Mm. I, I don't force them to do the full range of business accounts because that would just be too off-putting. But you know, mm. we do a wee exercise on what does a forecast look like? What, why is cash flow important? Is even more important than doing a cash flow just to understand why it's important that money is coming in because so much is going out. So how do you balance the, the money in, the money out? Um, so once we've kind of overcome some of that fear, it's amazing how students then rise to it and think, okay, all right, well, I can deal with that. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, so I can make films, I can put on theatrical productions, I can design costumes as a business. Yeah. As, as you have done. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of a shame there's sometimes you, you chat to some people who have studied arts and, you know, you know they, they've went, they've gotten their, their trade, their craft, um, and then they're just kind of, they get to a point where they're like, oh, there's a gap there and they just don't know how to, to fill that with actually, you know, making costumes or props or whatever their craft is it's like sometimes they just find a gap and being able to learn that kind of self-start and going out ability is vital uh, and i know kind of when we did uh working in the media with yourself uh, a couple of years back was a moment of oh there you know there's people that need videos and we can create them we can do it <laughs> yeah. yeah and a lot of what i'm trying to do is is to give people confidence that they can do these things and that there is possibly an opportunity there um, because things are going things are going to become tougher as as, as time goes on uh, i think more and more jobs are going to be done with artificial intelligence robotics outsourcing to other countries what have you so turning towards doing something yourself i think is going to, going to become more prevalent uh, but we mm. need to enable people to do that otherwise they will flounder mm. and not really know how to make things happen they'll just keep looking for jobs um i'm not saying there won't be any jobs out there of course there will be but there might be fewer of them and more people after them. Yeah, and kind of in a vein looking towards uh, the future, it's going to be certainly interesting to see how the, the creative sector deals with the current world that we're into. Um, I, I know I've chatted to a couple of people who have been up and running and some of them have had to, to reinvent the book. Some of them have been booming. It's kind of a, a new interesting time. Yeah, it's, uh, as you know, we quite a number of graduate startup companies now within the business innovation zone and um, the kind of general feedback is that most people are sort of doing okay but they've still kept on some kind of part-time business or no, not time part-time business part-time job in a cafe or a shop just to get some bread and butter money coming mm. in um, and a few have managed to almost make it a living, make a living doing the business, or they've managed to get some decent investment and funding. And as you know, um, Miriam Smith at uh, QMU's Business Development Manager is yeah. fantastic at 
finding sources of funding that everybody can apply for. We absolutely love her. She is <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So I, early on when I joined QMU, uh, I met Miriam and I thought, we need to work together. Mm. And we do we work quite closely together and I get her along to all my classes. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's important to have people like that within an institution like a university. And like me, she's also keen to enthuse people, to enthuse students with what they can do and to try and find bits of funding. Uh, and she's been very su successful in doing so. Yeah. And mm. I think people forget how much funding or are not aware of how much funding is out there. Like there's a, an artist friend of ours and they, they discovered it. it's like, oh, Creative Scotland has a, a music video fund and there, there's tons of stuff out there and especially in a creative sector where not every project can be profitable knowing where to find that is really handy and important i mean the creative scotland does uh, have a lot of opportunities but many people apply but their applications aren't particularly good mm. um the application has to be a clear organized uh, you have to make sure that what you're saying resonates with what Creative Scotland wants to do, what their strategies and policies are. And um, I know from people who have been successful, it's always people who make sure that they are offering something that Creative Scotland wants to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've studied the strategies and the policies and think, ah, so they want to do more in whatever. Uh, whereas those who are less successful uh, will often just put in and say, this is a great idea. Um, please give me £20,000 and I'll do it. Mm. <laughs> they, they're politely told to go away and think about it a bit more and, and come back. Um, Miriam Smith is very good at helping people complete applications uh, if they need that help. I do a bit of it as well. Um, just making sure that you're saying the right things and that you might have a brilliant idea, but if you don't put it across clearly and you don't resonate with what that organisation wants to do, then you won't get the funding. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think uh, having done uh, one, of, like, one of your classes is that's uh, being able to read what there's a need for is just so core to just having an idea and finding a niche and just being able to identify that, you know, this is something that we need. There's plenty of this, but we can do this um, is at the heart of any good business, really. Yeah, it is. It is uh, looking at those that organizations, strategies and policies and spotting an opportunity that you that you can fulfill you can say yeah i can do that for them i'm not saying you mustn't also be innovative and suggest something that they haven't thought of mm. uh, definitely they're always interested uh, but again it's got to it's got to chime in somehow with um their overall strategies because ultimately they uh, are accountable to scottish government and Scottish government policies. So, you know, they can't just dispense money 
willy-nilly here and there mm. without it having some kind of strategy behind it. So the successful entrepreneur is the person who realizes that and puts in an appropriate application. And that applies to all kinds of funding bodies. Find out what they're about. Who are they? Who's behind it? Who are the people? Um, and see if you can tailor your application uh, to suit them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's very much, I think, client skills in that regard, or just even general people skills, which I know is something that we did a lot of at QMU because of the, the type of modules that you had set up, but I think is is like a general life skill yeah. that can then only help you in regards to, you know, being able to look up people to understand what you're talking about. It's not just like listing their history, but it's okay, why would they have done that? Understanding a bit, a bit of compassion. Okay, they did this. You know, what could they need? What could they want? What have they done before? Um yeah, I mean it's it's the kind of work that we do on BizPod in finding guests. And also, you know, in understanding when we're meeting with clients, but also, you know, friends, we want to understand where they've been, what they do, why did they do this, you know, what's their job? And yeah, I mean, it's 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 so vital. Yeah, it's uh, you're right, Louise. It's and, and you two were always good at that. You would always do your research. You'd always think deeply about the needs of the client. If we think back to those client projects, and uh, now you're doing that in business. You uh, you don't just take things at, at a surface level. I think you're quite good at sort of digging a bit deeper and thinking, right, what, what can we really do here? Um, so I'm aware of, of some of the good projects you've done. Oh, thank um, you. And a lot of that will be mm, down to you. your people skills and your research skills. Yeah, it's... It's kind of funny how often you we meet up with clients and they'll be like, yeah, we're, we're looking for, uh, let's say, a, a video that's like 45 seconds for Instagram and, and, you know, we want it to be done here. And then it's like we kind of try and dig in a little bit more and it's like, oh, but what do you want this project to do? What What's the, what's the, the message you want to get across? And it's it can sometimes catch people off guard because... Um, sometimes you just get too headstrong with the nitty gritties and you know it's all we've got this happening in this time and we've got this new product or we're starting to bake and something new and people get distracted so easily yeah it's it's you're right it's the it's the we need we need a film for instagram we need need a clip to put on social media platforms and that's that's the extent of the thinking Mm -hmm. so you're right to say good we can do that for you, but what do you want it to say? What's the message you need to get across? Um, so yeah, and I think if you can do that, then uh, you'll not only uh, please that client, but they will, you know, refer uh, you to other people. Uh, it's all part of that uh, client building and, and networking. Uh, I was going to ask you about networking. What, what's your take on it? What do you do it, or is it something you're? Yeah, I think the 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 current climate um, makes the kind of traditional networking that we are so familiar with kind of impossible in Mm. a way. There are no big networking events, but also, as some of the other people who we've had on the podcast have talked about. 
if you're not going into those networking events with a really good idea of what you're doing, you then you don't, you know, you don't properly network anyway. Um, I think we see every job opportunity not as a chance to network, but as a chance to connect with people who might have other needs later. It's not necessarily a, we're trying to get as many clients as possible, but it is a, oh, you know, they provide this skill and we're doing a job for them now, but it might actually be something that we need in the future. Or we might have somebody who we know who needs something that you provide um, in the same way of, It's really helpful that we know so many photographers and filmmakers from going through uni because there will be times where we'll need a third pair of hands or whatever in the same vein that we might then have a, you know, we might have a job they can help with or they might have a job they need graphic design for or something. And so much of it is about helping and supporting each other. Because what might only be an hour of time for you to be like, oh, well, you know, this is how I set up my bank account could actually really totally solve it for somebody else who has no idea what they're going into. Um, And and I think that's all networking is sort of being being a human being. Yeah, (laughs) it it links us. I think it's uh, it's a thing that um, students are often concerned about and they think Mm. it's some kind of art uh, of being a good networker and the, there's a certain way of doing it but you're you're right Louise it's it's just it's just about talking to people and being interested in them and what they're doing and if through that you you there is an opportunity then a uh, you might suggest a, a further meeting or what have you but uh, I think Lots of students initially think it's something I must go into a meeting uh, where I'm networking and I'll have a bunch of business cards and I'll give them out to everybody. And uh, or they're they're just shy and they're not good at small ta- uh, small talk. So again, I always say, well, just ask people questions. Just mm. ask them about what they do and you know what the, what they're looking for. Don't necess- Don't always jump in and say, oh, well, I can do that. They, yeah. If the conversation takes you that way, or if they seem interested in you, and hopefully they would be, and ask you what you're doing, then it's that point you might exchange contact details, but don't push it. Yeah. And hmm. you know, just be interested in other people. But you're right. Also, these standard networking is is not really happening at the moment. There are online networking events, but it's not quite the same as a you know standing having a chat to someone um yeah. i know that creative edinburgh they have tried quite hard to organize some some good networking events they i think there's a lot of trial and error of people trying to figure out how can we do this at the moment um yeah. but again i i touch on networking with with students just again to demystify yeah. it it's um there, there's many people that just feel like it's a, a magic of just oh you chat to somebody and they give you a secret handshake and their email address to contact later <laughs> but it's it's literally just being friendly and you know if you get on well with someone you'll you'll maybe get in touch message and more stuff will come along but uh we are sadly running out of time it has been lovely chatting with you denny um generally if people who are maybe let's say in a creative sector they want to to learn more about kind of maybe becoming a little bit self-starting do you have any good uh places they can maybe look online to kind of get their feet wet 
Hey, well, I would always start with um, here in Scotland, Business Gateway, mm. the Business Gateway website, chock full of advice and information. And um, if people just have a look around some of that, check out some of the free workshops and all kinds of aspects of setting up a business. And then from that, maybe meet up with a Business Gateway advisor. Um, and that, that's, that's, that's an excellent starting point. There are other organizations, but they're the one I would always point people towards. Fabulous. And can I throw in a last comment yeah. for people to think about? Absolutely. Is universal basic income. I'm a big fan of that. Um, and yep. I think it's uh, if jobs are going to become less available and much more scarce in the future, then if we can provide a universal basic income to everyone. It will allow people to set up things, to set up enterprises, set up businesses, because they've got a bit of cash available to mm. help them do so. It will help them get involved with volunteering, social uh, enterprises, and so on. So there's a lot going on in the universal basic income world. Um, mm. Lots of good people uh, working on it. Ed Miliband, of all people, is, is a big supporter and is doing a lot of work on it in Britain. Uh, mm. But there's some great experiments in uh, South Korea and Finland. Um, and the Green Party, SNP, parts of the Labour Party uh, in Scotland are all for it. So I think we could see it happening in the future. And thank you again to our wonderful guest, Denny Colley, for such a brilliant wee chat. Um, you may be able to tell he knows us quite well. Um, but, but yeah, as always, it's wonderful to speak to just people who are there to give back to the world. Yeah, and I, I think it's just really lovely to kind of hear about someone who's went on their kind of entrepreneurial journey and is now helping people. Uh, in the same way we can kind of hope to inspire and help um, to just kind of go out there do it and uh, it's not as scary as you think he's definitely been a great inspiration for both of us I think um, and if you wanted to contact us Anton how would you do that? yes we have a wonderful email at contact at nacmedia.co.uk and of course we're on all of the social medias yep that is nacmedia LLP on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn and finally, of course, it would be an episode of BizPod without a mention of a raven. Ravens. They're, they're here, <laughs> as always, the ravens. Yeah, ready to go. Uh, you know, we, we've uh, polished their, their little wee claws so they're more aerodynamic. They'll, they'll be with you in, in no time. <laughs> do you know how birds work? <laughs> I do not. And I think on that note, uh, it's great to segue out. Uh, we've got plenty of other great interviews and episodes up now about anything from banking to uh, start finding your niche. There's tons of stuff, so check out the back catalogue. And I guess until next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Au revoir. <laughs>